book of Daniel, chapter 1. And while you turn there, um, let me just say a few comments up front, and then I'll preach. We're beginning a series entitled, Blessable. Look at your neighbor, ask him, are you blessable? Are you blessable? Now look, look right back at him, say, I am blessable. I am, I am blessable. The blessing of God is not earned, it's not purchased. The blessing of God is not something we strive for. We also learn in Scripture that there is a heart posture. Man, Christianity is all about the heart. There is a heart posture that is attractive to God, that honors God, that God is drawn to. Never forget this. God is not a human, but he is a person. He has a personality. We are made in the image and likeness of God in this personality. He is a person. So he is drawn to a heart posture. Now, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 warns us that in this life, we would deal with three things. We would deal with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I believe there is a remedy, a Bible remedy to those three things. And I believe that it is humility, integrity, and generosity. And as we live a life of humility, integrity, and generosity, it will cancel, it will kill, it will destroy the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And so I'm going to be teaching on those three things over the next few weeks. Um, And I believe it can literally change your life. Um, let Let me define blessing for you. This is right out of the Hebrew language. Every week we pray a blessing from number six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, That's what this word means. It means the declaration of divine favor. An invocation imploring divine favor on someone or something. That's why we can bless a house. Amen. That's why you should bless your kids' rooms and tell the devil to back up. Come on, somebody. Because the blessing is not just on someone, it's on something. It's a declaration of happiness, a means of happiness that promotes prosperity and welfare as a gift. I'd like a little more blessing in my life. (laughs) Amen. This is good stuff. Now, that's the Hebrew definition right from the Old Testament. Let me give you the Jabin 2021. 2021. Y'all ready for this? This is fire. I don't always say my stuff is fire, but this is fire. The blessing of God is the wind of God's momentum at your back, moving you forward at a pace and strength that would not be possible without Him. Amen. That has been, every time people ask about City Light Church, I always tell them, it's like I feel like the wind is at our back. That's just how I, that's how I see the blessing. It just pushes you. I, I'm a uh, new golfer. I'm not a wannabe golfer. I'm a golfer, but I'm a new golfer. Amen. Just shot an 86, my new high. Let's go. But anyway, I digress. I was, we were at the tee box and a buddy of mine, all of a sudden a wind began to blow and it was blowing at our back towards the hole. And a buddy of mine went, hurry, we got to tee off. The wind is at our back. Because he knew that that wind was going to take our ball further and faster than it could have without the wind. Let me tell you, that's what the blessing of God is. The blessing of God is that wind at your back. It's the wind of God's momentum that moves you forward at a pace and strength, at a strength. You're not burnt out. 
It's a pace and strength you couldn't do on your own, but you, but you do by the blessing of God. So I want to talk about humility. Let me, let me just say a few things about humility and then... Um, I think a lot of people think of humility as like not liking yourself or I got to try to be humble or false humility. That's, that's not humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking more of God. Good morning. Y'all with me? Thinking more of God. That's what like when, when you say, Hey, Javen, that was a, you know, people will compliment me after a sermon. That was a great word. I don't go, oh, it's all the Lord, brother. Praise God. It was, no, it was me. And so I go, wow, thank you. And then I go to God. And I go, I can't believe you let me do this. That's humility. So if you compliment one of the worship team, man, that was a great song. You know, I don't want J.R., Chella, or Weston, or one of these. Oh, it's just the Lord, brother. Praise God. No, you, you did it. But then you take that and you run to the feet of Jesus and you go, wow. By the way, that's why I thank you for your generosity in giving. I always say thank you because you did it. But then you should go to God and go, God, I can't believe you allow me to do this. Wow. That's hum- humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking more about God. And I believe that the key to humility is prayer and fasting. So we're starting a fast right now. No food, 40 days. Here we go. No, we're not. <laughs> there was one super like. <laughs> but we are, we are going to start a fast in January. I'm going to tell you more about that. But we're going to take it right out of Daniel chapter 1. Here we go, verse 5. Where Daniel went on a 10-day fast of fruits and vegetables. Fruits, vegetables, and water. And in case you're wondering... The coffee bean is a vegetable. Amen. Well, yeah. Stay with me one more. Stay with me one more moment. Daniel chapter 1, verse 5, because everyone was thinking it. They're like, oh, it's coffee? Yeah, it is. It's a vegetable. The king, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine for the king's table. And they were to be trained for three years. And after that, They were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen was Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And the chief official gave them new names. Watch this. To Daniel, Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, to Azariah, Abednego. And that's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you hear, you think about church people in the fiery furnace. But Daniel resolved not to deny him, uh, not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor on Daniel, but the official told him, "I'm afraid of the Lord my King who has assigned you food and drink. Uh, why should He see you looking worse than the other men?" Because He said, "Hey, if you're not eating this food, you're going to look worse." But Daniel said, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables and eat uh, to eat and nothing but water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better. Come on, somebody. Nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. 
And to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding and all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Back to verse 8. But Daniel resolved. Daniel resolved not to defile himself. Let me preach from this subject. Decisions create destiny. Decisions create destiny. Because a lot of people think destiny is something out of their control. Decisions create destiny. Father, I pray you speak to us now in the awesome name of Jesus. And everyone said amen, amen, and amen. So we find ourselves in Daniel chapter 1. The Jewish people have been taken captive by Babylon. They are forced into a new land, a new culture, a new language, and new gods. So the, the, the people here, Daniel, for instance, they are prisoners of war, literally become slaves. And uh, history tells us that Daniel actually died in Babylon. He never went back to Israel, but would live the rest of his life here as an uh, older teenager, maybe young 20s, and would live the rest of his life in Babylon. And so he's now been taken captive, and here he is in this new culture, this new land, this new language. And King Nebuchadnezzar found the healthiest, smartest, best-looking young men he could from the Jewish captives, and he brought them into his king's court to begin to train them and indoctrinate them. And the Bible said in the verses earlier, we didn't read, that this would happen for three years. Now, the parallels between the, the, the training of Nebuchadnezzar and the training of Jesus are unbelievable when you compare the two because Jesus had disciples for three years and Nebuchadnezzar had to have three years of training for these men. And let me just maybe throw this out really quick. You are a disciple of somebody. You're being trained by somebody. You do have a leader. Someone is discipling you. Someone is training you. You just have to decide who you're going to serve. And I think you're choosing on this first weekend of the year to say, I, I, want, I want Jesus to be Lord. I want Jesus to disciple me. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. Anybody? Can I hear an amen? And, and in the midst of this very challenging season that Daniel was in, the Bible said that Daniel resolved. Because the decisions of the child of God are more powerful than any season. The decision of a child of God are more powerful than any word of the enemy. The decision of the child of God is more powerful than any circumstance. The decision of the child of God is more powerful than a virus. The decision of a child of God is more powerful than a year, 20 or 21. The decision of the child of God is more powerful than who is in government. The decision of a child of God is more powerful than where you come from. The decision of a child of God is more powerful than if you came from a great family or a broken family. The decision of the child of God is more powerful than the color of your skin, more powerful than your history, more powerful than what you've done or have not done. When, when you make a decision, the Bible said, Daniel, resolve. There was so much outside of his control. So much of what was happening was beyond his control. But he decided to control what he could control. And what he could control 
had more power than what he could not control. So my big brother, Jeremy Foster, who preached for us on our two-year anniversary, some of you remember him, he, he told me something that I've never forgotten. He said, Jabin, the Bible is much more a book about decisions than destiny. Because it is actually those decisions that are creating my destiny. Daniel resolved, and I want to put some resolve in your heart, some decisions in your heart today that I believe can create your destiny. Here's the, here's the first decision I want you to make. Name your season. Name your season. The Jewish people have been taken into captivity by the Babylonians, and the first order is a name change. Y'all tracking with me? First thing that happens, they come into the king's court and they go, we're going to rename you. And we're going to name you under a new language. These are not Hebrew names. These are Babylonian names. And he renames Daniel, which means God is my judge. Daniel El, meaning Elohim, Almighty God. Daniel means God is my judge. And they rename him Belteshazzar which means Baal will protect me or a prince of Baal. Baal worship. They rename him. And notice what they do. They take his name that was connected to Almighty God and they connect it to a false god. Hananiah, which means loved by Yah, Hananiah, Yah, which is where we get hallelujah, praise God or praise the Lord Yahweh. Again, connected to Almighty God. To Shadrach, which means illuminated and inspired by Aku, which was a false god and was a goddess, a female god. Mishael, which means who is like God. To Meshach, which means belonging to Aku. In the possession of Aku. Nope. Just think about how crafty the enemy is. Because he knows that if he's ever going to train them, he has to rename them. Azariah, Yah, again, Yah, Yahweh God, meaning God has helped me, or Yahweh has been my helper to Abednego, which means a servant of Nego. Because the enemy wants to train you and name you, giving you a new identity that is not the identity of God. Now, another thing that is amazing about this is that many theologians believe that two of these names are actually female names. And so not only was Nebuchadnezzar changing their name, but he was trying to strip them of gender. Welcome to the West in 2021, where some countries are actually submitting that we shouldn't even put the gender of our children on their birth certificates. This is where we are, friend. A stripping of identity, a stripping of gender, a stripping of what God has placed on the inside of us. I know it's quiet. Well, happy new year. You know, God never called me to build a big church. He called me to build big people. And so, sometimes it gets tight. But I'm trying to make you big, amen? Okay, So these names, they strip them of their culture, strip them of their dependency on Almighty God. 
placed a new identity in new gods. Separated them from their connection to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if we are not careful, because you're going, what the heck does this have to do with me? If we're not careful, we'll take on new names. We'll take on new identities. We'll take on things about ourselves that God never placed on us. We will, believe, we, will, we will place titles on us that God never put on us. Well, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. No, the Bible said I'm a new creation. Well, granddaddy had cancer and daddy had cancer. And I'm going to have cancer because that's just what we just have cancer in our family. No, no, no. By his stripes, we are healed. We can believe for something different. Well, no one's ever broken into six figures. No one's ever broken into six, seven figures in, in our family. Well, maybe you're going to be the first one. I believe for this. I believe that you can be a curse breaker. Listen, there's titles of normalcy. This is just what it is. Well, all of us get angry or all of us deal with this issue or all of us have this problem. Well, everyone in my family, well, everyone where we live, well, everyone who came from that school or no one does this where we come from. Listen, if you're not careful, you will let a king name you and place an identity on you that God never put on you. And we start living in titles that God never placed on us. And listen, it's not just in struggle. It's also in abundance because we can deal with the pride of abundance and the shame of lack. So we start taking pride in a brand of shoes or a brand of car or a zip code or how many square feet we have or where we went on vacation. Or, and then we, we feel ashamed because maybe we're still in an apartment complex or, man, we're still driving that Hyundai to the glory of God. Let's go. I've driven three Hyundais. I ain't hating on no Hyundai. Let's go. Those cars were good to us. Glad it's over, but it was good for us. Amen. We can live in these, where we, where we take pride or shame in an identity that God never placed on us. Oh, you live, oh, you live there. Oh, well, yeah, I get, no, no, you got a roof over your head. Praise God. What brand are those shoes? Oh, they're actually from Payless. Oh, they're from Payless? Is Payless even a, I don't even know if that's. You're like, they went under. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, well, you get it. <laughs> we could take, we, we, can, we can take shame or pride. In other words, finding our identity in things that are fleeting, finding our identity in things that are temporal, finding identity in things that are here today and gone tomorrow. But I refuse to be named and identified by this fleeting world's system. I'm going to take one big amen before I preach again. Can I just declare a little good stuff over you, 2021? You are not what you have. You are not what you lost. You are not what someone said about you. You are not what you said about yourself. You are not your possessions. You are not what has been done to you, and you are not your worst mistake. You are a child of God. Go ahead and clap if you want to. You are loved by God. You are accepted by God. You are called by God. You are destined by God. You are named by God. 
He calls us son. He calls us daughter. And I don't care what Nebuchadnezzar calls me. I don't care what this world system calls me. I don't care what a hater calls me. I don't care what someone who doesn't understand calls me. I know what God calls me. I'm a child of God. I'm blessed by God. I've been fathered by God. And though this king wants to name me, my heavenly father is king of kings. And only he gets to name me. Somebody say amen to this preacher. You can't name me. Only God can do that. That's why we're calling 21 the year of victory. Because we're not, well, here we go again. Just just like 2020, already acting up. No, we don't talk like that. Uh, there's this new strain coming now from, yeah, it's not, we're not, no one's pumped about it, but we got victory. <laughs> no one's in denial about it, but we got to live our lives too. We're not excited about some of the things that 2021 will bring, but we know we have victory. We know we're more than conquerors. We know God is going to sustain us. We know, so we're calling it victory. We're not, I'm not going to let CNN or Fox News tell me what this year holds. Anderson Cooper or Tucker Carlson or anybody else, they don't get to name me. They don't get to tell me what to expect. They don't get to tell me what I'm about to see. They don't get to tell me what I'm about to do in 2021. I'm not moved by a political position. I'm not moved by who is or who is not in the White House or in the governor's house. I am listening to Almighty God, and he told me it's going to be a year of victory. So that's what I'm standing on. That's what I'm living with. That's where I'm going. I'm not being rebellious. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be rebellious. Man, I could say a lot. Woo! But I'm not going to be rebellious. But I'm, I, I'm not going to be named. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take on a name. You gotta, you gotta name your season. Why don't you get a name for 2021? Get a word for 2021 for your family. Get a word for, for your future. Get a word for your finances. I know the word for the church is victory, but there might be a personal word just for you and your spouse or just for you or, or for you and your children. Get a word. And, and, then, and then you find that word, and you get a word from the word, and then you stand on that word. My word this year is, is that, but my word for, for 2020 was from Psalm 112 that says, I will fear no bad news. That was my word. I will fear no bad news. That was my word. Stood on it all year. Oh, I'm getting emotional. I, all year, stood on that word. I will not fear bad news. I will not fear bad news. That was my word. That was my word. You get a word. It was on my screen. Every time I open my phone. I will fear no bad news. That means every text message doesn't mean they were all going to be perfect. It just, I will fear no bad news. Got a text. Your father's having a heart attack. We're driving to the hospital. I said, well, fear no bad news. He's going to be, he's going to be okay. We're going to make this. I don't know how. We're going to make it. I will fear no. That was my word. You got to get a word. You name yours. Don't let, don't let King Nebuchadnezzar name your season. You name your season. God names your season. Number two, choose your diet. Don't worry, I'm not going to talk about your diet. I'm talking about. See, Daniel came from a strict kosher 
Jewish diet. So when he went into the king's court, he didn't want to be difficult and say, hey, we need to eat this way, and we can't have that touch that, and we can't do this, and we can't. Here's what Daniel was saying. Look, I'll be easy. Just give me fruit and vegetables. Give me some water. We're going to make it. He was, he was saying, I don't, I don't want to eat this shellfish and this pork and those kind of things that they would have been eating in that culture that under the Jewish law were not allowing him to do. But you got to understand what was happening. Nebuchadnezzar brings him into this beautiful king's court. He shows them this massive spread. It was a bribe. He was saying, look how you can eat with me. It reminds me of Matthew 4 when Satan goes to Jesus and says, if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything. Just turn these stones into bread. It was... It was Nebuchadnezzar's way of pulling on their natural desires to tempt them into a new way of thinking. And, da- and Daniel says, I will not. By the way, when you read the book of Daniel, you find out Daniel never called himself Belteshazzar, ever. He always calls himself Daniel because he wouldn't give in to it. But that's another sermon. Uh, he says, I won't, I won't eat your food and I won't drink your wine. Watch me. Food is doctrine. What do we read in the Bible? We read that the word of God is meat. It is milk. It is bread. It is water. It is honey. It is, it is something that we take in. Daniel says, I don't want your doctrine. I don't want your food. I don't want your way of thinking. Listen, the, I love people so much. And I want people to come to Christ so much that I've given my whole life to the preaching of the gospel. But I must reject the food of this world, the thinking of this world, the mindset of this world. I, and I have to, and I reject that without rejecting people. With, with all due respect, I'm going to eat my veggies and drink my water. I won't eat that. Because that will defile me. You've got you to see the spiritual, the spiritual thing that Daniel is saying. He's saying, I'm not going to consume that. I'm not going to think like that. I'm not going to process like that. I'm not going to fear like that. I'm not going to hate like that. I'm not going to live in unforgiveness. That's how you think in this system. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take in from another system. Amen. And then he says, and I don't want your wine. Wine is spirit, small s, spirit. Literally, we call alcohol spirits. He says, but I don't want your spirit. I don't want your emotions. I don't want your culture. I don't want to feel like y'all feel. Because when hell is breaking out in the earth, people in the body of Christ need to have a different spirit. Our spirit, oh, come on somebody, I know. Here we go. It should be a spirit of love. It should be a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. It should be a spirit of reconciliation and forgiveness. Should, we should feel different. It should feel different in here than it feels at Buffalo Wild Wings. It should feel different in here. We're on the same block, but it should feel different than walking into Sumo Sushi or Lee's. It should feel different. People should walk into this church and go, it feels good. Because we have a different spirit. Daniel says, I refuse that spirit and I refuse that food. I refuse that wine of spirit. I refuse that food of doctrine. I will not think like this and I will not feel like this. 
My emotions and my mentality will come from the word of God, not from culture. Are y'all still glad you came? Okay, Romans 12, Romans 12. Do not conform, Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me give you a, a, a startling statement that will empower you. Right now, we are either being conformed or transformed right now. At all times. Paul says, as a believer, we will live in either being conformed or being transformed at all times. It's, it's, it's a process that is always happening. Now, here's what's amazing about this. Here's what conformed means. To be shaped from the outside. Yo. So I'm a new creation, washed in the blood of Jesus. The Spirit of God lives in me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Blessed by God. Hallelujah. But the world on the outside is trying to shape me. So I'm going to heaven, but I talk like the world. I'm going to heaven, but I think like the world. I'm going to heaven, but I get mad like the world. I'm going to heaven, but I have sex like the world. I'm going to heaven, but I curse like the world. I'm going to heaven, but I get road rage like the world. I'm going to heaven, but I cheat on my taxes like the world. I'm going to... Hello. Because, because, and don't worry, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about your friend. Because, Paul says, be careful, you're a believer, but, but, but there's this outside pressure that's making you want to be like the world. And he says, don't be conformed. And he says, but here's the key, be transformed. This word transformed is where we get the, the English word metamorphosis, like a caterpillar to a butterfly, metamorphosis. It means changing form in keeping with inner reality. Yo, I'm changing, but keeping with my inner reality. In other words, I am a child of God. I am blessed by God. I am loved by God. I have been made holy by the blood of Jesus. Nothing I could do to earn it or deserve it or pay for it. This is a free gift of grace, but that is salvation. But now there's this work of sanctification that is happening, but it's happening in accordance with my inner reality. So, so let me say it like this. The Bible is not a book asking you to be someone you're not. The Bible is not a book asking sinners to be saints. Because if you're a sinner, you can't be a saint. The Bible is a book of possibilities. Oh, man. The Bible is a book showing saints how to be saints. Showing children of God how to be children of God. Showing people who have a new nature how to walk in their new nature. This is a book of possibilities, not a book that is trying to change you, but a book revealing who you already are. So I wish I had the picture. I forgot to, to send it to the team, but there's that cute little cheese, super cheese but super real picture of the caterpillar talking to the butterfly, and the caterpillar goes, you've changed. And the butterfly says, we're supposed to. We're supposed to. I think that's why you're here at the first of the year. I think you're going, I'm, there's something in here. Not out here. I'm trying to be a better person. There's something in here that says, I know what God's called me to. Amen. 
I know God loves me. I know God has a plan for my life. I got to get under the word. I got to get in the worship. I got to get, because all oh, this stuff is so fake and so fleeting and so ugh. But there's something on the inside of me that is drawing me. That is, that's the book of possibilities calling you. So Daniel says, I refuse to be conformed. Call me whatever you want, but I know my name. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So for 10 days, I will pray and fast. So here's what we're going to do. January 11, Monday, January 11. Don't worry, not today. Relax. Go eat your cheeseburger. (laughs) January 11. January 11 through January 21, we're going to go on a 10-day fast together. And it will be a Daniel fast. What does that basically mean? It means vegan, no animal products, no alcohol, and no processed foods. Okay, so an Oreo is not vegan. <laughs> now, I'm not going to get lost in the, in the legalism of this. Don't send me a DM. Is a tortilla chip vegan or is it? Pro- I don't, don't. I don't even care. I'm not having the convo. But it is vegan. It is no alcohol. And it is no processed foods. Because in the old King James, Daniel said like this, I didn't, I didn't eat the delightful foods. So it should kind of make, it shouldn't be, you know. Don't, don't spend 10 days trying to perfect the soup recipe. You're missing the whole, you know. You don't even know it's vegan. It's like, well, then, eh, whatever. Like, we're not going to spend ta- 10 days obsessing about food. We're going to spend 10 days saying, I don't want the food of the world. I don't want the wine of the world. I'm going to, for 10 days, and watch me. 10 days, though, represents the whole year. In other words, I'm, I'm giving God 10 days at the beginning of the year to tell God, this year, I don't want the food of the world. This year, I don't want the wine of the world. This year, I don't want to just repeat history. This year, I want to make history. This year, I want to change history. This year, I'm believing for God to do something in my life. So I'm going to open the door of my heart and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to do something awesome. And every morning and every night, we'll jump on Facebook and we'll pray together. We'll read the word together. But it's, it's not about the food. Don't get so caught up in that. Don't get legalistic about that. It's about giving God 10 days to say, test me. And watch if I am not stronger. Watch if I'm not healthier. Watch if God has not done a great work in my life. Watch if I'm not a living testimony of the goodness of God. That's, that's what fasting is about. And I'll, I'll go into more of that next week. But I just want to, this, this should be really exciting. Because here's what happens after the fast. Let me have the keys come up. Number three, receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. Verse 17, to these four men, God gave knowledge and understanding. God gave. They didn't earn it, but they did position themselves for it. Notice that they didn't say God paid. God gave. God didn't go, well, y'all fasted for 10 days. I guess I got to do this. No, no. It moved his heart. Prayer and fasting does not earn anything from God. Prayer and fasting opens a door to my heart and gives God permission, invites the presence of the Lord and the blessing of the Lord to move in my life. It was their decisions that created an open door for God to give them something. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. 
Jesus talking to the church, to believers, to Christians. And he goes, here I am. I'm standing at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come and eat with that person and they with me. And to the one who is victorious, now notice when you open the door and you eat with Jesus, victory. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Jesus writes to the church and he goes, you're saved, but I don't have access to your heart. And y'all know this to be true, and I've said this before, when you invite people over, you clean that kitchen and you clean that living room and you clean that entryway, and you might clean some rooms that you know people are gonna go into, but there's always at least one room that the door shuts and locks. Because that's where that's where the ironing board just got thrown into and that's where the clothes just got thrown into and that's where the Christmas tree that you were supposed to take down on January 1st gets to go into because you got people coming over and then like me I look at Goldie and I go you do not go in this room your friends can't go in this room and, and let me tell you what 2021 is all about let me tell you what fasting about fasting is about going every door to every room of my heart is open. And, and Jesus, some are really messy. And he goes, I already know that. Some are really dirty and some need a lot of help and some are really unorganized and some, are, are, some I have not even dealt with in years. And he goes, if you'll just, I'm knocking. If you'll just open that door, We'll clean, but first we're going to eat. We'll, we'll work on that, but first let's eat. We'll deal with that stuff in the closet. We'll deal with that stuff hiding in the attic. We'll deal with that stuff hiding under the bed. But let's eat first. Let's just eat. And you know what? For 10 days, you know what we're going to do? We're going to push away the plate. We're going to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit going to eat for 10 days. And we're going to be transformed. Repentance will happen. Freedom will happen and deliverance will happen. And I believe it will be a year of answered prayers. I believe it will be a year of greater anointing. I, will be a year, I believe it will be a year of deeper relationship with God. I believe it's going to be a year of miracle provision. I believe it's going to be a year of a new level of freedom. God, make me blessable. That's my prayer for you. It's my prayer for me. It's my prayer for this church. That when Almighty God looks down on Las Vegas, He goes, That group, they're blessable. <laughs> I can trust them. I can trust them with resource. I can trust them with relationships. I can trust them with platform. I can trust them with properties. I can trust them. I can, I can trust you. You're, you're blessable. That's what I want. That's what I want for you. So, Father, like 
Daniel, we resolve in our heart to push away everything else that we may eat from your table. Father, make us blessable. In Jesus' name. Just with your head bowed and eyes closed, there's people in this room right now. You're, God's dealing with you right now. You don't know the Lord. You've never given your life to Christ or you need to rededicate your life to Christ. You know who you are. Um, how do I know that you know? Because you just know. Because he's knocking on the door of your heart because he's talking to you. You just know it. You know the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. And you're saying today, Jabin, I need to give my life to Jesus or I need to rededicate my life to Christ. If that's you, pray with me. Everyone in this room is going to pray, but it's going to be, it's going to mean so much for you to pray. All together, every voice, let's say together, say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me on the third day. So I give you my life. I surrender all to you. And I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Before anyone looks around, before anyone moves, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time or you need to rededicate your life to Christ, I'm going to count to three, and on three you're going to shoot your hand up. Say, that was me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to move forward, but right where you're, sta- right where you're sitting, excuse me, I just want you to make that public acknowledgement that I'm giving my life to Christ today, January 3rd, beginning of the year. Surrendering my life to Jesus. Jabin, I gave my life to Christ today or rededicating my life. You know who you are. One, two, and three. Let me see your hand. 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 Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Come on, let's thank God for that right now.